You're listening to Mystery Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today we will discuss a couple of ghost towns. Happy Halloween! I am so excited. I've already gone to a Halloween parade today, and later on today, I'm going to be dressed up as Marie Antoinette, and I'm going into my daughter's third grade class to frost cupcakes with them because let them eat cake. Um, I'm so excited. I don't think that there's a better day to post one of these podcast episodes than Halloween. Um, So I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Um, I just wanted to get down to the nitty gritty and tell you guys some uh, housekeeping before we get started because I know that today is certainly a crazy day for me um, and it might be a crazy day for you. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. I do want to let you guys know that all of the stories that we're going to be covering today are just kind of like little snippets. There are certainly like maybe one or two that I'm going to like expand on in the future, but I thought that maybe this would be a good... um, a good way to do the episode today just because I know that you guys are probably like jetting off and running off to places and then you'll have like a conclusion because it'll just kind of be like a couple of short stories that we will hopefully get into a lot more in depth at a later time. Um, so first, housekeeping. Um, if you're not already following me on Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved, why don't you perform a Halloween miracle today and go ahead and do that? Um, I know that some of you guys, when you start uh, listening to a podcast, a lot of people like to start with episode one and then make their way to the most current. Um, if that's you, then I don't want you to miss out on any giveaways that we have because if that's the way that you're doing it, by the time you listen to this episode, um, this the giveaways will be over. So um, I just wanted to let you guys know that Instagram is always the best way to get like the most current information. I will pop over there on stories and give you guys some like behind the scene footage, let you guys know every single time an episode drops. And then we sometimes I'll like we'll do like behind the scenes or I'll give like a more in-depth explanation about things that we've covered on an episode. So if you want like the most current and up-to-date information, you are going to want to follow me on Instagram. Every once in a blue moon, not very often because I hate it, I will pop in and do like a live, but lives are so stressful to me. Um, so I don't do that very much. (laughs) I think that I'd rather like walk through a haunted house than do a live because they're just so terrifying to me. (laughs) I like being able to like edit all of the crap that I say because I am a bit of a wild card and sometimes I say stupid crap and it needs to be edited out. Um, but you can't do that on a live. So, um, if you're, if like Instagram isn't your thing and you're not like a huge fan of it, that's totally fine. You can also go on my website. It's www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Uh, there you will be able to listen to all, I think I'm at 95 episodes now, 94 or 95. So you can binge them there. I know that sometimes like Spotify or podcast or whatever, like Apple podcasts, they have like glitches and problems. But if you go on my website, it will always be up. There's usually no problems. I think that I've had the website up 
for a year and I've never had any problems with anybody trying to listen to one of my episodes on there. But I have had people DM me freaking out because I know that I released an episode, but they can't listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So uh, just have that in your back pocket if you ever need it. Um, Let's see. Is that it? I think that that might be it. Oh, I also wanted to just know, like, what are you going to be for Halloween? And do you have any fun and special plans? Do you have kids that are dressing up? DM me on the post that I post um, on Instagram today and just let me know, like, what are you going to be for Halloween? What are your kiddos going to be for Halloween? What are your plans for this Halloween? I just love knowing. So my husband and I, I am Marie Antoinette and my husband is my executioner. And then my daughter is a ghost bride and my son is a pumpkin. So it's just going to be a really fun day. We're going to have like some mummy dogs, which are just like hot dogs wrapped up in, um, croissant like dough like the Pillsbury dough that you can get at the store um and then we're gonna I'm gonna put some blueberries inside of raspberries because they kind of look like bloody eyeballs so we're just having a lot of fun over here so I, I mean it is my favorite holiday of the whole year so I have to go big or go home um all right so I think that that is it for all of the housekeeping um I guess just one more thing that I would add is if you ever have a case suggestion that you would like me to cover on the podcast, uh, feel free to DM me that. If there's more, if there's enough information, I guess, um, and I can make an episode out of it, I totally will. Um, but just rest assured that every single time that you guys send me a DM of a podcast suggestion, like a story suggestion, I always look into it and they're so fascinating. So even if I don't cover it on the episode, like, please know that I did do research on it and I, I, I loved doing, being able to do that. So, okay. So today we're going to get, go ahead and get started. Um, I have like maybe like four or five tales to tell you about some ghost towns. Um, so the first ghost town that we're going to talk about is Bodie, California. So in 1859, gold was first discovered in Bodie, California. Thousands of people soon moved to the area in hopes to strike it rich. Um, by the 1940s, however, very little gold could still be found in Bodie because it had just been like picked over with no more work. The miners left, like there was no point in being there anymore. And the town shut down. One person, however, is still said to call Bodie her home. So Bodie, California started with only 20 gold miners around 1861, but by 1880, it was home to about 10,000 people. With more than 60 saloons, the town was famous for being wild and causing a ruckus. Robbers, gamblers, and gunfighters lived among miners and store owners. Some say that a murder occurred in Bodie almost every single day. Several hundred Chinese people also lived and worked in Bodie. One of them was a maid for the very successful businessman named James Stuart Kane. It is said that when Mrs. Kane fired her, the maid was so upset and distraught that she ended up taking her own life. Park rangers who now look after the abandoned town say that her spirit has never left. One night, a ranger's wife was sleeping at the J.S. Kane house. She suddenly woke, gasping for breath. When she opened her eyes, Kane's maid was sitting on top of her. Fighting to get away, the ranger's wife fell onto the ground and off of the bed. When she looked up, the ghost was gone. So is Bodhi cursed? Some visitors think 
think so because a lot of people go and visit the town and sometimes they'll take like pebbles or pieces of wood just as a souvenir. And they claim that when they get home, after taking one of those little pieces, they begin having terrible luck. Some people have had car accidents right after they have visited and stolen something from the place. Um, others lost their jobs. Many of these visitors rushed back to Bodhi and returned the items, hoping to get rid of their bad luck. And some people say that if you return the items, that your bad luck will, in fact, go away. Okay, then we have Headless Charlie. And this is a story from the ghost town of Jerome, Arizona. So some miners struck it rich with gold. Others searched for silver. Beginning in the 1880s, miners in Jerome, Arizona found their fortune in copper. More than $500 million worth of the metal was taken from the Jerome mines before it was closed in 1953. Was it worth the price paid in miners' lives? Mining is super dangerous, like so dangerous. I would never ever do it and never let my husband do it. Um, There are accidents, fires, explosions, cave-ins, and poisonous gases. Like, they're so common. In fact, those are the rule, not the exception. In 1918, uncontrollable fires swept through the mining tunnels beneath Jerome, so underground mining was stopped. Instead, dynamite was used to blast open the ground in order to get the copper metal. During World War II, The United States needed lots of copper in order to make their engines, their planes, ships, and wires, so miners were kept extremely busy in Jerome. After the war, the need for copper severely dropped and the town slowly died out. When Jerome's last copper mine closed in 1953, there were only 50 people living there. Today, the 88 miles of abandoned mining tunnels that run under the town can be super spooky. In the darkness, people claim to have seen Headless Charlie. Charlie was a miner whose head was unfortunately chopped off in a terrible freak accident. His body was never found. His spirit, however, is still said to haunt the dusty tunnels. The inn in Jerome is also said to be home to a ghostly cat. Workers have felt it brush past their legs in the hallways and have heard its spooky meow. The cat even leaves the print of its body in the bed wherever it sleeps. So that is so cool. I've never heard of a a ghost cat before. So I thought that was super neat. Um, So moving on to our next ghost town, we are going to be talking about um, the phantom prisoners who reside in Alcatraz Island. So surrounded by the cold waters of San Francisco Bay, Alcatraz Island was the perfect place for a prison. Beginning in 1934, it was home to the toughest criminals in America. Nearly 30 years later, however, the cost of running Alcatraz had just become way too high. The prison was shut down in 1963. The ghosts of some of the criminals, however, may still be lurking within the walls of the abandoned prison. Alcatraz Island was open for tours in 1973. I'm pretty sure maybe because of COVID they might have shut it down a little bit, but I'm sure it would be open now. 
I should have looked into that. I'll let you guys know on the Instagram. Um, tour guides there tell visitors about the strict rules that broke even the toughest criminals. For example, prisoners could not talk for more than three minutes on most days. It is said that many inmates went legitimately insane from the deafening silence. If prisoners broke the rules, they would be beaten. Some were chained to the walls of dungeons, where they were forced to stand from morning until night. Others were left in cold, dark rooms without any clothing on. The spirits of these long-dead prisoners can still be heard today. Tour guides and visitors tell of strange banging that come from empty hallways. Screams and moans and groans echo from the dungeons. More than one security guard has followed the sounds of running footsteps. However, all anyone ever finds are the dark and empty cells of Alcatraz. So I don't know if you guys knew this. I didn't know this, but maybe I'm just like severely out of the loop. But gangster Al Capone was imprisoned at Alcatraz in the 1930s. He used to hide in the shower room to practice playing the banjo. Guards say that the sound of his songs can actually still be heard there today. So creepy. I honestly like cannot believe like the torture that those prisoners endured considering the fact that it ended in 1963. I just think that that sounds so barbaric and I just can't believe that it happened like less than 100 years ago. That seems wild to me. All right. And then we cannot talk about ghost towns without talking about the lost colony of Roanoke Island. Um, so Roanoke Island is in North Carolina. In 19, sorry, not 19. We are going crazy. We're going to take it way back. In 1587, around 115 English settlers arrived by ship at Roanoke Island. The small island is located off of the coast of North Carolina. The settlers hoped to make a new home for themselves there. Within three years, however, all of them would disappear. The men, women, and children who reached Roanoke Island were tired and hungry from their long journey. They lacked basic supplies such as food and tools, so the colony's governor, John White, sailed back to England to get those supplies. He left behind his family, including his newborn granddaughter, Virginia. Due to war and other, like, unexpected circumstances, White was unable to return for several years. He finally came back to the colony on August 18, 1590, which would be his granddaughter's third birthday. However, when he arrived, the island was deserted. All the houses had been taken down. Not a single person living was found. Only one clue remained, but it was a very bizarre clue. The word... Croton, C-R-O-A-T-O-A-N, Croatoan, <laughs> I don't know, Croatoan, <laughs> was carved on a fence post. It was the name of a local tribe, yet why it was written there, no one knows to this day. White returned to England, never discovering what happened to his family. To this day, the mystery of the lost colony has never been solved. And so you can be sure 
rest assured that we will definitely be covering this at some point more in depth. So I'm so excited. Um, Sir Richard Grenville, an English explorer, had stopped on Roanoke Island in 1586. He left 15 men there to claim it for England while he gathered more settlers. But when John White arrived in 1587, he found the bones of one man and there were no signs of the other. So it's just wild, just wild. Like, how can there just be no information about anybody that lived there? You would think that they would like write a letter or something to let their loved one know like what had happened to them. So that's why it's just so interesting to me. Okay, our second to last little story is about Mary King's Close, which is in Edinburgh, uh, Scotland. So Mary King's Close was once a crowded neighborhood of narrow alleyways in Edinburgh. By the 1600s, the area had become filthy, run down, and full of like putrid disease. So city leaders decided to get rid of the dirty neighborhood by building on top of it. Their plan created an eerie underground ghost city. In 1753, builders in Edinburgh, Scotland, knocked down the top stories of the buildings in Mary King's clothes. They used the bottom half of the old buildings to hold up a large new one. The once noisy and busy alleyways were left below in silence. The empty underground streets were not open to the public again for more than 200 years. Today, the most famous resident of Mary King's Clothes is known simply as Annie. She was a young girl who died from the bubonic plague in 1645. Annie's ghost was first seen by a Japanese psychic in 1992. In one of the tiny underground rooms, the psychic suddenly felt incredibly ill. As she tried to leave, she felt someone tugging at her leg. She turned and looked down to see the ghost of a girl dressed in rags. Her hair was long and filthy. Since then, other visitors have seen Annie. Many now bring gifts for the lost little girl. Um, tour guides, so you can actually take tours there, have seen shadows in the shapes of humans gliding around Mary King's clothes. When the light bulbs in the underground passages burn out, the guides go in pairs to fix them because all of them are too afraid to go alone. I do not blame you. That would be terrifying. Um, so our last story today is going to be about um, Uxmal, Mexico. We're going to be talking about a haunted pyramid. So the Mayan people lived in a huge area now made up of Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. They thrived from 200 to 980. In some places, they remained powerful until the 1500s. Without using machines or metal tools, the Maya built enormous cities. They created tall pyramids and beautiful temples. So, if they're so advanced, why did their advanced civilization die out? In the early 1500s, the Spanish arrived in Mexico looking for gold. Obviously, there seems to be a running theme here in all the stories that we're talking about, and that is gold or copper. During their search, they killed many of the Mayan people. The Spanish also brought new diseases to the area, such as smallpox. These spread like wildfire among the Maya, killing 
thousands. As a result of the Spanish invasion, the incredible cities of the Maya became ghost towns and were forgotten. Some would not be rediscovered for hundreds of years. The ancient city of Uxmal is one such ghost town. It is helping archaeologists learning about the Maya, including their practice of human sacrifice. Atop the stone pyramid of the magician in Uxmal, Mayan priests used to sacrifice human beings to honor their gods. The ghost of one Mayan priest still haunts Uxmal. When he is seen, he is dressed in his ceremonial robe and feathers. Visitors to the pyramid have spotted him atop of the pyramid as if getting ready for another sacrifice. All right, so to perform these sacrifices, Mayan priests sometimes chopped off the heads of their victims. Other times they used a stone knife to remove the beating heart from a living person. Uh, yeah, can you remember the scene from uh, Indiana Jones 2? That I saw that like maybe when I was like 10 or 11 and I was traumatized. Like my dad had to pause the movie and I was like hyperventilating. <laughs> Um, so then the priest would throw the body down to the ground from top, from the top of the pyramid. So yeah, just wild stuff. Um, and really kind of gross. Okay. So that is all that I have for you guys today. Um, I just thought that that would be a good format for today's episode. Just knowing that you guys are going to be running around, running errands, putting on your costume. That way you don't have to like stop like in the middle of some intense story and then get back to it later. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I still have like a little bit of like in my throat. Thank you so much for spending time with me today, and I hope that you guys have an amazing Halloween. Um, Be safe, be careful, have fun. Um, It's not going to be Halloween again for another year, so I always actually get kind of sad on Halloween, so I'm so excited that it's here, but I'm just so sad that it's going to be over and I have to wait 365 days for another one. (laughs) It's so sad, and I kind of feel like I got gypped too because I got sick, so I wasn't even able to do like some of these really awesome Halloween things that I wanted to do, but that's okay. There's always next year. Um, I hope that you guys have a lovely day. And, um, if you want to know how to better support this podcast, you can always follow me on Instagram at mystery still unsolved. You can visit my website. It's www.mysterystillunsolved.com. You can also leave me a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, that will help people to find me. Um, other lost souls and perhaps a ghost town that are looking for some fun original true crime content. Um, so that will get me to the top of the list. So any review that you leave is great, even better if it's a five star, but I'll take what I can get. (laughs) Um, and then also one of the best ways that you can support this podcast is just like word of mouth. So if you enjoy this podcast and you have a friend that listens to true crime or likes true crime, just share the podcast with them. I feel like those are always like my most, um, like my most, uh, passionate fans are always like, oh, I heard about your podcast from my mom. I heard about your podcast from my son or something like that. So I hope that you guys, um, will do that if you like the podcast and you like what you're hearing. Um, but as always, and it will always continue to be this way forever. The best way to support this podcast would be to join me this Thursday. Yes, this Thursday. You're getting two episodes this week. Join me this Thursday when together we'll discover, did anyone ever place a useful tip? 
Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved?